Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you joined us for this episode of This Week in the Word at dredhill.podbean.com. This is the episode for Sunday, June 13th, 2022. Truth for tough times, preach the word. So we are approaching the end, and I mean the end of the church age. I believe the rapture of the church is imminent. I have never seen so many things happening internationally and spiritually all at one time, like things are taking on an alignment as I am seeing right now. I think we're approaching the end. And you know what? We're also approaching the end of this series, Truth for Tough Times. So here's the big takeaway. Maybe you've been with us through the whole series or joined us halfway through, or maybe this is your first episode, but I'm going to go ahead and give you the big takeaway right up front. Here's the big takeaway for our series, Truth for Tough Times. The truth for tough times is found in the Bible, the divinely revealed truth from God, and we must preach the word. The Apostle Paul knew that the advance of the gospel across the world was in God's hands, and he had put his truth in good hands of men of God like Paul and like Timothy and Titus and many, many others who would fearlessly preach the word. But let me remind you the about the background that surrounded them. Now, we're going to go back to some of what we looked at last week in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm not going to read all of it, and I'm not even going to talk about or explain what I'm about to read. But I just want you to remember what was going on around these men of God who were ordered to preach the word. In verse 8 of 2 Timothy 3, we start reading. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but... Out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast Learn them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God 
and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So I want to tell you today, friends, the church doesn't need another program or policy. The church does not need that. It needs the preaching of the word, which is not being done today like it used to be done years ago. You see, God's word can solve lifelong sin in 60 seconds. <laughs> God's word in the hands of spirit-empowered men can conquer kings against a backdrop of spiritual slouches, clerical clowns, and sheep-eating wolves preach the word against the tide of global insanity. Preach the word against godless government and power-hungry politicians. Preach the word against the forces of spiritual darkness. Preach the word. And that's what we see right here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. Now let's get into it and let's break it out and understand it. 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 1. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, that is, the, the living and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom. Now, I want to show you something here in verse 1. You see there where it says, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, Paul never deviated from his belief in the literal, physical, actual return of Jesus Christ to this earth, that there would be an accounting and a judgment for the life we've lived. But that word, uh, that phrase, I charge thee, I'm just going to read what John R.W. Stott said, a great English expositor and preacher of many years ago. The verb dia martyromahi has legal connections and can mean testify under oath in a court of law or to adjure a witness to do so. That's what John R.W. Stott said about that phrase. So we have right here a very serious moment as the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as he wrote this letter, is giving Timothy a... Um, <laughs> he's putting him under oath, basically, if you think about it like that. He's adjuring him to, to do this. He is ordered to do this. This is very serious. So he, he delivers this charge to Timothy. And he reminds him that he does so before God, the Heavenly Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, who shall judge. People don't like to think of God as a judge. That is one of the things God is, my friend. If you don't like it, too bad for you. It doesn't change it. Who shall judge the quick, that is the living, and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom. 
I don't know when this will be exactly, but there will be a point in human history in the future when the Lord Jesus Christ will literally return to this earth not to take sides. He's coming to take over. There will be a judgment and people will give an account. In his book, Between Two Worlds, John R.W. Stott explained, I thought very well, and I read this book almost probably 30 or 35 years ago, but what a great book it is on preaching between two worlds that we as, as Christians, but especially preachers, live between the world we live in and God's world. And Paul lived in the reality of his dungeon. Yes, his dungeon was cold. Later in this chapter, next week, we're going to see him requesting that a cloak be brought to him. So he was probably wet and cold and wanted a coat. So Paul lived in the reality of his dungeon. It didn't take a rocket scientist. <laughs> he, Paul didn't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that it wouldn't be many more days or weeks or maybe months before his head would be separated from his body. He knew this. We're going to see him talk about this in just a moment. Paul lived in the reality of his dungeon and, see, if you only live in the reality of your dungeon, it can get pretty depressing, right? <laughs> and he lived in the reality of heaven at the same time. Wow, that's what enabled him to always have the heavenly view, the upward view, the long view, that it may look bad now, but this is just temporary. All we need to do is get through this and what awaits us. But he lived in both worlds at the same time. We must learn that art. So anyway, Paul delivers this charge from God because he's living in that heavenly realm but he delivers it to Timothy and through this word from the Lord to all of us, this charge of that we are to proclaim the word of God. Now, this is not just for preachers. All of us are to have some way in which we proclaim the truth of God. So let's go back to verse one. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. What is he charging? Here we are, verse two. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So he says in verse two that he's charged to preach the word. He is to be ready or prepared to do that when it's easy, when it's opportune, that is, be instant in season, and when it's out of season. Did you know that it's not real popular right now to preach the word? If you deliver the word hot from the kitchen, just like God cooked it up, you will not be popular with very many people, except people who want the word of God. So preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, and what does that mean? Well, to reprove, that means to confront sinners 
with the word of God. This means to confront those who are saved with the word of God. Reprove, rebuke. That means to to censure people when they need it. This is a very strong word. Reprove, rebuke. Now, why why are we to do that? That we might exhort, that is come alongside and help someone, encourage them, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine or healthy teaching. You see, when we preach the word, people come under the conviction of their sin and they realize that they are, they are accountable to God and they need to get their life right and they do so. But this also requires as they come to faith in Christ or they get back on track with the Lord as a believer, this requires uh, patiently encouraging them and teaching them. And Timothy was to do all of that. And we also can have a way of doing all of that as well. We might not be the pastor of the church at Ephesus, but we can be this to someone's life where we work, in our home, on the sports team, uh, in our military unit, wherever we are, at the university, in prison. Maybe you're a prisoner and you're literally in prison, but you've come to a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know that you're somebody's Paul and somebody's Timothy? Get with it, man. Get with it, lady. Encourage people by preaching the word that is proclaiming the word of God and then help them grow in their faith with patience and healthy teaching. That's what doctrine is, sound doctrine. In verse three, we see why this is so urgent. And man, are we living in this now. Verse three, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. There's that healthy teaching that um, I kind of said that in verse two, but for the word doctrine, but here's where it really is. That healthy teaching, sound doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure. You know what that word endure means? Put up with. Have you noticed that where the word of God is, is delivered in the power of the spirit, that people who can't take the heat get out of the kitchen? Have you noticed that they go to churches, if they go, when they go, occasionally, where they're never really confronted, they're never really rebuked, they're never really led to faith and repentance or to get their life back on track. If they are already a Christian, they've gotten off track. They go to a place where it's soothing, where they can have their best life now, where they can unhitch from the Old Testament. You get the idea. (laughs) Preach the word, be instant of season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, watch this, but after their own lust, that is their own strong desires, you know, whatever... Uh, whatever their passion is, whatever they're all about, not the word of God, what they want. You get it? But after their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. So it's, it's like, uh, it's a great picture there. 
It's like their ears are just itching for something pleasant and happy and something that won't make them feel bad. You know, if you get under conviction, you feel bad initially. And then when you repent and the Lord restores you, you feel great. <laughs> we ought to try it sometime, right? But they they surround themselves, whether it's by going to these kinds of so-called churches or podcasts or, you know, whatever they're listening to, with people who will scratch that itch. What, you know, the way they want the word, quote, to be. Well, that's not the word. That's not preaching the word. Look at verse four. Here's what they do. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables or to the myths, things that are completely untrue. And men, are we ever seeing that today? I never thought I would ever see when yoga would be introduced into churches. But, but Pastor Ed, that's just for exercise. Wrong. Yoga is and always has been a way to get in touch with the gods. Well, I don't like that. Well, you're wrong. See, this is preaching the word. <laughs> you like that? Listen, yoga is a false religious system from India. Now, they clean it up so it'll be westernized, but it's still worshiping demons, period. There's no such thing as Christian yoga, and yet it's everywhere. And I could give other examples. There are just too many, you know, or you should know, but people turn away from the truth. And you know, it's one thing if people turn from the truth and it just ended there. I mean, that's a problem, yes, but it doesn't end there. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Their life begins to be based on things that are just stories, things that aren't even true and will not help them. Verse 5. You remember back in chapter 3, I think we read both of them a while ago. In fact, we saw in the last episode that two times in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, there was the, the phrase, but you, but you, talking to Timothy, how he was completely different and to be completely different than the false teachers. But you, well, here it is again in verse 5. But watch thou, it's the same idea, same words, actually, decide. But you, <laughs> so he's different. He's not to be like these other people. But, but you, so let's read it. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. I mean, listen, when you preach and teach and live this way, it's hard. And many places around the world, it's flat out dangerous. It's getting that way, even in so-called safe countries like the United States and Western Europe. It's going in that direction. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So he is to... He is to, God has called him to do this work and he is to get after it in the power of the Lord's Spirit using the word of God. 
But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. That is a, a preacher of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Make full proof of thy ministry. So he is to, is to fulfill, to finish, to accomplish that ministry that God has given him. And you know what? He's got a model for that. Well, who would that be, Pastor Ed? Well, that would be the Apostle Paul. How do you know that? Because verse 6 says so. <laughs> for I am now ready to be offered in the time of my departure. This means his death is at hand. So remember, Paul lived in the reality of his dungeon, but at the same time, he lived in the reality of heaven. That's something we need to copy from the Apostle Paul among many, many things. For I am now ready to be offered. That means uh, the idea of uh, pouring out a drink offering, like at the temple. You know, when you pour out a drink offering, you're not getting it back. It's spent. That's literally what it means. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. Now, you know, I got to get on something right here and, and just get this off my heart and mind. So often over the years, I've heard people who are doing anything but living by the word of God and they're advocating things which are actually contradictory to the word of God. And they talk about fighting the good fight. Well, they're not. They're actually fighting against God. But Paul did fight the good fight. I have fought a good fight. That word fight means to agonize. It's the idea of wrestling, like hand-to-hand -hand combat, if you will. I have fought a good fight. So he's, he's done that, and he's, he's just about done, right? I have finished my course. That's the idea of the picture of running a race, and he's come around that last bend, and he's right at the finish line. He's done. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Remember we said that it's not about keeping faith, like you hear people talk about that. That's not what he means here. He says, I have kept, he's watched, he's guarded the faith, that set body of historical Christian doctrine found in the New Testament. I have kept that he's guarded it, he's watched it, he has been a good steward of that, took care of it. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. That is a Stephanos of righteousness. Now here's Paul again. Remember, he lived in the reality of the dungeon, but here we see him living in the reality of heaven. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Now that day, it, when it's used like this, is talking about when Paul is giving an account of his life for the Lord and rewarded handsomely. And not to me only, this is where we all ought to sit up on the edge of our seat. We, in the power of the Spirit, can actually qualify for the same thing Paul will earn. Wow. 
Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. You know, several times already today, I have thought, Lord, if it was your will and in your plan for me to come home today, I want to come home today. Day by day, I loathe this world. I hate this world system. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't want people to be saved. I love them for Christ's sake. But this anti-God, anti-Christian world system that is enslaving people, I hate it. How about you? You know, I think that it's hard to love the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ until you learn the secret of hating this world system. Friends, I can't wait for the Lord Jesus Christ to take his church home. And if it was in his plan and his will for me to die before that, within his time, I can't wait. How about you? Do you love his appearing either at your personal death when he comes to to usher you to heaven or when he comes in the rapture of the church? Do you love to see his appearing? You can qualify with Paul for that crown of righteousness. So what did we learn today? The big takeaway from the uh, Truth for Tough Times series, preach the word. Preach the word. Now listen, some of you have been listening today and the only thing you've heard is your loss. You're not a Christian. You are on a speedway to hell. And you know you are. And you know you need to be saved. Call this number, 877-247-2426. 877-247-2426. It's a Christian ministry. You're not calling me. But someone at that Christian ministry will help you know how to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then you can know for sure how your eternity will turn out. Instead of continuing down this loser's road with Satan and being condemned to an eternal hell with him, you can follow Jesus Christ and be welcome into heaven. Here's some good news, but I got to give you the bad news first. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know what? That means you. Here's the good news. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 10, 8 through 13 says this, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is a word of faith, which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him 
shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for listening today. I hope that you will call that phone number if you need to, or even go to chataboutjesus.com and discuss this with someone of how you can become a Christian today. If you are a Christian, you have not been focused on the Lord and where we are in prophetic times. Today is the day to get really, really serious with Jesus Christ. I hope you'll like this episode. Follow the podcast and share it with somebody right now, right where you are, right where you're listening. God bless you. I look forward to teaching again next week on This Week in the Word at Dr. Ed Hill. Bye-bye.